Welcome to our Making History Parenting Podcast. We want to help parents make his story, God's story, come alive in the hearts of your family. My name is Chase Baker, and with me is Jennifer Akers, and we are from Rolling Hills Community Church. Today, we are going to be talking with Rob Fitzpatrick, who is the director of the Children's and Teens Program at the Refuge Center here in Middle Tennessee. And we're going to be covering a topic that I think is really important yes. to both of us as parents. We're going to be talking about healthy emotions. Now, I have a four-year-old and a seven-year-old, and I feel like both daughters, and I feel like I'm experiencing tears maybe every day with yeah. one, if not both of them, and trying to navigate as a parent what is an okay or a healthy response to a situation for my kiddos? And what is something that I need to probably look at and sit down with them and figure out how to navigate our way through um, handling those emotions? That's right. And I have a three-year-old. Also a girl. Also a girl. We have all girls. <laughs> and and also at the, you know, leading into the tantrum yep. stage mm -hmm. in the middle of Kroger or your other stores that you have in public and so how do you navigate how do you navigate that with your kids and these these healthy helping them have healthy emotions and this is obviously we have girls but obviously this relates to boys they yeah. are, they have different emotions but but this content today is really really good so today we're going to check in with rob as we have this conversation about healthy emotions Today we have a special guest with us, Rob Fitzpatrick, and Rob is the Kids and Teens Director um, of the Kids and Teens Program at the Refuge Center, um, which we absolutely love the Refuge Center and the work that you guys um, do at the Refuge. We, we, we believe in the Refuge Center, we believe in the work that you guys are doing for our our next generation and, and for families. It's truly incredible, and, and today you're going to help us a little bit about um, healthy emotions with the next generation, with our kids. And as parents, this is a big, big subject for us. Mm -hmm. We know that our, our kiddos have varied emotions and, and um, especially depending on how old they are. And we have parents that are listening to this right now. They're probably going through some of the, the, the stages, different stages. So whether that's a middle school, um, mom or dad, or for me, I have a three-year-old or almost three-year-old. And so, and, and Jennifer here's, Jennifer has, uh, two kids. Two kids. I've got a four-year-old that just turned four and I've got a seven-year-old, but they're in different places emotionally. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I think that's part of what we want to talk about today is the fact that as parents, we're going to have people listening that have preschoolers. Some of them have high schoolers, but all of them want to guide these kids down a road that leads to emotional growth and emotional health and trying to figure out how we do that as parents. Um, sometimes it's murky waters. We don't know what the right thing to do is, what the next thing we need to do is, what the next step is for our kiddos. And so um, we want to help our kids be able to handle their frustrations, their griefs, their conflict, um, and even um, exciting moments in their lives. We want to be able to help them um, expand on those emotions in a healthy way. And so we're so excited that you're here with us today, Rob, to help us with this um, as parents. So I would love to first off, if it's okay, start with talking yeah. about what what's, what is the work that you do specifically? Where is your focus mainly? Yeah, so happy to be here. And like you guys said, the director of the Children Teens Program at Refuge Center. So um, we see folks ages four and up, and uh, we really try to bring health to the whole family. Mm. So part of that is working individually with young people or teenagers. Part of that is maybe helping parents to understand what's going on or even give them maybe a little bit of homework. So this yeah, might be yeah. a good uh, reference to, uh, to cite and give to people, yeah. you know. Um, but really just try to 
help folks from wherever they are to wherever they would like to be as a family. So obviously that comes in in a lot of different ways, you know, with school, a lot of young people deal with anxiety, maybe families are changing, whether that's um, another brother and sister or a loss of somebody, those kind of things. So there's a lot of different ways that people come in, but really at one point or another, I think all the conversations are going to have something to do with emotions and what they're supposed to be, what they've become and how we can use them as a skill or as a tool to navigate life. Mm-hmm. Now, we, again, mm-hmm. we have a three-year-old. Yeah. And so um, where do we begin? Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So we're experiencing lots of emotions yeah. right now. And so I, I think that's maybe where we start today. We want to raise these emotionally healthy kids. Where, where do we start in that process? How do we navigate these stages? Um, and what what is normal for our kids as they move through these mm-hmm. stages? Because sometimes... We're like, ah, they're throwing a tantrum in the middle yeah, of Kroger. Yeah. Is that normal? Mm-hmm. Help us. <laughs> I think the the main thing, and this is somewhat of a selling point sometimes or having to, to explain to parents, um, it really starts from within the adults and the leaders of the house and kind of translates down to the kids. So a lot of times you pick up a book that's about parenting or you come to a counselor and they say, hey, can you help this little guy? say well let's talk about you first and that can be you know sometimes it's jarring or things like that you know but it's uh you know we're teachers and we're we're guiding our young people so starts at home so a lot of it's just you know parents being on the same page and knowing where my emotions are at and then being able to help along the way I mean like you mentioned uh usually uh conversations about emotions or teaching moments aren't when everything's calm and it's a nice, quiet yeah, Saturday afternoon, yeah. it's in the produce aisle at Kroger or it's, you know, in traffic or something like that. Yeah. And as we can do our best and maybe there's a place for a reparative conversation, maybe a little bit older than three, but older, like, hey, you know, you know, maybe I snapped at you and that wasn't what I meant to do. And this is the reason why anything could be really a teaching opportunity. That's really good. And then, too, I think uh, leaning on wisdom from peers or your parents or things like that people that are a little removed from the situation that can say, you know just give a little laugh and say yeah yep that's what you should be yeah. expecting you know <laughs> that's that's good so knowing that they're healthy is great and being able to see like no this is normal for this stage this is this is okay this is what my seven-year-old should be experiencing this is what my 13-year-old should be walking through those are awesome but what about when we get to those moments where we realize this isn't this isn't what I think is supposed to be happening at this point. What step should we take as a parent first? What's the first thing we should do? And how do we know if we're under or overreacting within those steps? Yeah, that, that can be a tricky one. And I think um, certainly it can be calling a therapy office like ourselves or some other great folks in the community, but also consulting with your pediatrician, mm-hmm. some other people that know and can give objective answers. I think, you know, there's a lot of things that happen with young people that can be you know, maybe embarrassing, or is it reflect as me as a parent? And so we don't reach out to other people in a men's group or something like that. Because if we did, they'd say, oh, that's totally normal. Or, you know, I, I went through something similar to that. And let's, you know, this is what we did or those kind of things. So really, it's just, I think this generally goes across all of counseling, as I've seen it, any action is good, mm-hmm. you know, outside of something that's going to hurt ourselves or hurt somebody else, of course, but any actions like, okay, that got us closer to where we need to be by that was a swing and a miss. So we're not going to try that again or just gaining a little bit of knowledge on and on and on, you know? So trying something, at least trying it, taking a step. And that's good because as we talk about counseling, um, 
you know, my childhood, and maybe it's for you, you guys too. We didn't talk about counseling a lot. We didn't talk about therapy. That those words didn't really come up in our vocabulary. Mm-hmm. So there has been sort of a stigma behind behind mm-hmm. it. Now, could you just kind of shed some light for our parents that are listening? Yeah. Um, this idea of counseling, what mm-hmm. what are the benefits for us? And and let's maybe break down some of those. Mm-hmm. those barriers a little bit. Um, I, I didn't really, um, I mean, latch on to this idea of counseling until I was older, mm-hmm. until I, you know, obviously went through some life, um, hard, hard stuff in life and with, with our daughter, but, but also, and that, that's kind of what shed the light. Oh, maybe I need to talk to somebody yeah. about, about these things, mm-hmm. um, which is so important to do, yeah. but also important Maybe for our kids. Exactly. And I think I, I, I had a similar experience growing up. Like um, if somebody went to counseling, that meant they were really bad. Right. Right. That was like, oh, we're in big trouble. Yeah. And really, um, not a lot of people are coming to a counseling agency to say, hey, everything's great. We just want to uh, get a little bit better. You know, so there is a level of there's some kind of challenge that's going on. But really, I would encourage people sooner than later to seek something out. And sometimes people come to the refuge center and say, hey, here's what's going on. And we have just a handful of meetings and end up, hey, I think things are overall pretty good. Just consider this, this, and this. And sometimes it's a little bit longer, but I think um, there's a lot of differences maybe compared to what we think about it or what we see on TV or those kind of things. And really, um, you know, outside of work, I do a lot of coaching for area hockey teams. And really it's similar to that. It's just helping somebody build skills. It's helping somebody to build awareness. And I think anybody could you know, benefit from that. And I think to see it more as just support and a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of whatever is missing. And it doesn't automatically mean you're a bad parent or doesn't automatically mean this. It's really, what are you doing well so far? What's going good? How do we amplify that versus just tell you everything you're doing is wrong and you're a bad person. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So let's say we have a parent that's listening that is starting to think about, I think maybe my kid could benefit from some counseling. Can you walk us through what that would look like for the parent from the moment they decide, I think I want to call somewhere. Let's say they call the refuge Mm -hmm. center. What does that step-by-step look like for somebody that's feeling nervous about that process? Yeah, so I think there'll be some generalities, but some specific to the refuge center, like you said. But definitely you would just start with a phone call to our front desk, someone who does our intake, and they're just going to ask you some general questions. And specifically, who do you think would be a good fit? You know, if, is it an older guy? Is it a younger, you know, relatively younger? But who, you know, maybe a coach or a teacher or something that, you know, there's going to be a level of comfort from the very beginning. And then um, what we do is have a full parent session intake. So mom or dad, hopefully both, are there and just, hey, give me as much information as possible. And it's a really a time, too, for the parents to make sure this man or woman's a right fit. You know, do I feel comfortable having them come into our family and work and things like that? And um, walk through that, get everything taken care of, kind of set some preliminary goals and, you know, understand where the counselor is coming from. And then following that, hopefully, is a one-on-one meeting with your young person. And I think particularly for the younger someone is, it's more and more important to help understand, like, you know, we're not a third parent, you know, this isn't the principal's office. It's not, you know, we're here. We want to help you out. We want to help mom and dad understand what's going on. And, you know, a lot of times it is tough from the perspective of the young person, 
if I go and say this to dad, if I go and say this to mom, there's going to be an emotional reaction, right? And it may seem like they're trying to make you feel bad, but, you know, we all have this picture of how we want our life to be for our son or daughter. And it can be disappointing when it doesn't go that way. So to remove that, to work with a counselor can be helpful to say, you know what, that's fine. Let's figure out a way to tell mom and dad this together or vice versa. Mom and dad say, oh, we're just so worried and things like that and can explain to the young person, hey, they just want what's best for you. They're not... You know, that's, they're not saying they're disappointed or things like that. We're trying to get you to where, wherever it is that you want to be. Yeah, and, and I think that whenever I think about what you just said and what you just asked, I think about different parents in our ministry, and I think about different scenarios that, that our parents may be going through and, and trying to figure out, when do I step, step in? When is the right call? Like, my middle schooler is going through X, Y, and Z, Mm-hmm. What do I, what do I, you know, how do I know? How do I know when to seek that help? When do I know when to make those calls? And um, whether that's an older elementary or middle school, high school, mm-hmm. do you have any thoughts, suggestions on, you know, when, when to do that? Yeah, I think um, particularly as, you know, someone is young, a three-year-old or an elementary school, even into the teens, parents know a child more than anybody else in the world. And maybe at some points more than they know themselves, right? They're able to see what's going on. And so as we see changes happening, like, you know, it used to be really social and really love to meet with people and all of a sudden kind of loses interest in that or really, um, you know, just was somebody that really liked to be a part of a youth group or mm-hmm. things like that and help be with people and those kind of things. And all of a sudden, oh, I don't really want to go. And it's not just one week, you know, people have bad days, but sure. it's a sudden change. Yeah. You know, and parents can have that, we'll, we'll have that intuition like, man, what's up? This isn't, this isn't the person that we know. And to start with that conversation and then kind of go from there. Um, yeah, to trust your instinct. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's usually rather humorous in a way. A lot of times we'll have parents that uh, surprise a young person with a trip to the counseling office oh, yeah. or get the in the car. Hey, get we're going out, we're going to get ice cream. cream. <laughs> and yeah, we're getting here. Just and kidding. Yeah. It's probably not the best. Let's talk about yeah. <laughs> so it's really just to kind of have a conversation and more like this is coming from a place of love. This is coming from a place of concern. We're going to do this. And this is a, a whole family commitment. It's just mm-hmm. not, we're sending you off and just come back when you're normal or something. It's, Hey, we're making changes and we want the best. So we're going to, bring this person in to be somewhat of a coach or somewhat of a teacher for us. That's good. I wonder with the stage that we're going through with um, my older daughter right now with elementary school and and I, I feel like my husband and I have the conversation all the time of this isn't what it was like when we mm-hmm. were kids. This yeah. is more stressful. There's more mm-hmm. homework. They're more um, anxious about things. And I've and I've st- soon realized that several parents are feeling that way. Have you have you noticed that in the work that you do that kids are experiencing at younger ages a stress that is causing, you know, yeah. an outcome that you wouldn't expect in their Without kids. a doubt. And even for, um, you know, generational type things, the changes are so quick. Mm-hmm. You know, the amount of stuff, like you think about technology or mm-hmm. accessibility, those kind of things from, you know, 20 years ago till today, it's like a completely different world. So it's a lot of people catching up and a lot of people figuring things out. And, um, and I think that's why it's important to really be in community and really be in an open and supportive community to figure out, like, man, you know, who else is in the first grade? And are you guys feeling this as well? So you can get a, a sense of what is to be expected and what's, like, 
ah, yeah, maybe we should take some action or make some changes, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think really there's there's a lot of parallels you could use, particularly when it comes to emotions. Like, what are we expecting? You know, so if you use like an analogy with mathematics, like, you know, at this age, we're just learning numbers. At this age, we're learning basic addition. And when we get to be adults, we know these really complex structures. And so to expect too much from young people and too much mm-hmm. kind of self-awareness is like, well, you're asking a first grader to do pre-calculus, you know, but also we should have some level here. And are we getting kind of closer and closer? That's a great parallel. That's good. Okay. You, you mentioned community. Yeah. And um, I, I think for us, we know, um, we kind of, we talk about this all the time in, in family ministry, as a family ministry team, the importance of, of your community, importance of having another voice mm-hmm. in your kids. Could you talk a little bit about that and the importance of, of why why that's so critical as, as you raise your, your, um, your yeah. kids? Yeah, and I think, I mean, I think a lot of times we really, um, just as Americans, really love kind of how things used to be or the small town feel and things like that. And it's really not just because there weren't as many people around. It's really not the buildings. It was the relationships, right? Yeah. Like everybody knew the teacher and everybody knew the librarian or the coaches or things like that. And the benefit of that was maybe we don't see something or, Maybe we've been back and forth with our son about math homework for so long, we can't see anything else that, mm-hmm. you know, the coach can say, hey, I've noticed over the last couple of weeks something's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, so to have those other people that know you guys well and can be respectful and say, hey, have you guys seen that? I mean, that's irreplaceable, and that's not anything that a Facebook group or FaceTime or those kind of things are going to replace. We really need those people to be just guides in our life, without a doubt. It's really good. Uh, when we were looking up some things and researching for this um, for this meeting with you today, we saw a statistic that we thought was kind of staggering. Um, the American Academy of Pediatrics estimates that 21% of kids and adolescents meet the diagnostic criteria for a mental health disorder, but only 20% of those children receive treatment. So we were just talking about how, how do we help our kids, the generation that we're pouring into in our ministry and our families, how do we help these families beat that statistic? Yeah, I think um, the main part, something you talked about earlier, was this idea of a stigma. And really, you know, if you came up to somebody and said, you know, we found out that, uh, you know, you know, our daughter needs to get her tonsils taken out. Like, oh, no problem, you know. If you came up to that same person and said, you know, I think we have some, an issue with anxiety. It's like, whoa, what do you guys, what, what happened? How did we get here? Those, you know, so understanding that, there's a, a part of this that's just, you know, like any other kind of medical or phase of life kind of thing. But then also, too, it's, you know, education, awareness, those kind of things, and being able to take what we know and do something about it well. I think we live in a time more than, you know, hopefully there's still room to grow and we're going to continue to get better. But this has to be the best time to date as a way to reach out for help, find information, get support. You know, and all those things are great as long as we take advantage of it. If all these things are here, but we never stop by to see what's going on, it's kind of just as just as though they don't exist. Mm. That's good. Yeah. And yet, even as we talk about all of these things, and I was, um, when you were talking there about if we go back to having another voice, I was picture their, um, our kids' small groups mm-hmm. and, and small groups for parents and and just having somebody else that, um, another 
adults in their lives that may be saying the same things that the parents are saying, but they're hearing it in a different way. The importance of having community, the importance of um, if they need a coach to have a coach Mm -hmm. in their lives, those kind of things. Then and now kind of switching gears, and I think this is where it gets hard for the parent because um, before we can kind of look at the emotional health of our kiddos, we've got to look at the emotional health of the parent. Talk a little bit about that, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, because you see it all the time uh, with, you know, how do you, as we as parents, we've got to take care of ourselves. And so what advice would you give to us? Yeah, I think um, it's it's really the same and having support and having people you can talk to and check in with. And then just the idea of, you know, when you go to a counselor, when you go to somebody else, when you reach out for help, people will understand that you're doing this because you want the best for your young person, right? So you wouldn't think twice if somebody was struggling in math class to say, hey, can we get a tutor? You know, to see it in the the same lens. But also, um, we need to be healthy physically, mentally, spiritually to be able to provide the best thing that we can for, you know, including our spouses, including the people who work for us. But, you know, our kids, most of all, and a lot of times we get home and it's like, oh, it's been such a long day. Let's, you know, kind of uh, check out here a little bit. And uh, I think the one thing that people often confuse is that we need to be perfect as parents. And, I mean, we're never going to, you know, match that. And so it's really how much do I think back and learn from my dad making a mistake and coming back to me as a teenager and say, hey, you know, I'm sorry for that. And I'm like, whoa, what? You're apologizing to me? Or seeing, just learning these lessons. And so it's not about being perfect. It's not about having the thing. It's we can think back and think about, you know, I can tell my parents really cared for me. And that's going to be the best thing. So how can we provide that for our young people? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I love that you mentioned homework mm-hmm. earlier. The <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you have any top homework assignments that you feel like you give parents often that might be beneficial for at any yeah. stage for our kids? So one in particular that's a really great conversation. There's a, a series of books called Scream Free. You guys might, but there's one. There's Scream Free Marriage or Scream Free Parenting. But from that, there's this exercise that you do to think ahead to when your child is 25 or whatever adult age that is and think about what kind of person they are, what kind of husband they are, what kind of friend they are, whatever it is, and kind of does this match with what I'm doing now? And obviously as we get closer, we can tell more concrete A to B connections, but even as a young person, you know, are they they being taught how to be respectful? Are they being taught how to you know, do A, B, and C because, you know, it's not just automatically going to happen. You know, we plant these things and we cultivate this stuff and allow it to grow over the course of their life. So I think anywhere to start would be, let's let's kind of look into a crystal ball here or something and try with our best guess, see, based on what I'm doing now, how is this young person going to be at this age? And, that's uh, good. Yeah, yeah you're, li- you're kind of thinking with the end mm-hmm. in mind. Yeah, exactly. Personal. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really good. Yeah. Um, again, the work that you guys do at the Refuge Center, the, the work that you do in our community, I really um, I value um, you guys and what you do. I know that um, what you do is tough, and you, you hear a lot every day with our next generation, with parents, and you help families so much. So thank you so much. So many, so much valuable mm-hmm. content here for the, for the parent listening. Um, so yeah, we're grateful for you. 
My pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks, Rob.